This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So, th this is what we've spent the last three sessions building a case for. We've tried to establish that grace is all that God makes available through the cross. That faith receives only that which grace gives. And that when grace gives, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Grace is a person. Grace gives all that belongs to God and aggressively makes available to you. Aggressively makes <laughs> aggressively makes available to you. Aggressively makes available. And in graces making it available, the substance, and this is where I wanted to end that thought, the substance of his love, the substance of who he is, is available to you as grace makes it available to you. Hence, faith always walks by love. Once love is removed out of the equation, who is removed out of the equation? God is removed out of the equation. Once love is removed out of the equation, God is removed out of the equation. Let's go very quickly to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become, I am become, I am become, I am become as a sounding brass or a Look at what the Amplified says. This was what I saw in that second hour. I said, ah. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not loved, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love, I'm only a noising gong or a clanging. It says, and though I have gift of faith, and understand all mysteries, and have knowledge, and though I have all faith, that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. That is surprising because this is what we are seeing. Your faith will walk with you not walking in love. Oh. He saw it. Your faith will walk 
You can move mountains. You can do amazing things. Eat and with great faith. You can appropriate great things because you've learned the mechanics of faith and get the results and it's not in God. Hence, the clanging I, I, I don't know if you if if you if you've heard when parts of a car when, when the brake pad when the or or, or the the um the 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 um what they call transmission oil of the gear when you when you put it it, it, it is it still working yes. But, but it's taking more faith, it's taking more effort and more stress than it should. Listen, that you get results doesn't mean there's love in it. Because think about this. That you will give your body to be burned and give everything that you have. Is it possible to do that and not do it in God? In love. So results is not the name of the game. The love of God is the essence of the game. Doing it in love is the essence of the game. That's why I said this, and not, no indictment to my brothers or sisters. There's nothing of Christianity in fall and die. There's nothing. You know the dangerous thing is actually, they actually might fall and die. But it doesn't mean it's in the love of God. You can get results. You can get answered prayers. And it may not be God's will. So Pastor Charles, what are you saying? Is that, is that where's... Remember the children of Israel? They asked for a king. Samuel in his brokenness. Notice what I said. Samuel in his brokenness. He said, no, you can't, you can't be asking for this. Excuse me. He's like any father. When your children fail, there's a tendency to take too much pressure on yourself. A 10-year-old child getting pregnant, how come that's your fault? A 20-year-old or a 22-year-old woman that her marriage failed, how come it's your fault? They make their choices. I always say this, don't let any child guilt you. The perfect father was God. His child, Adam, failed. I'm not saying don't take responsibility. But people make their choices. So someone was going to take the pressure of Israel making a wrong choice on themselves. God said, relax. There's no need to manipulate them. It's not you they are rejecting. It's me. Give them what they want. 
He said, but tell them, this thing they are asking for is not my will. Did they get answered prayer? Yes. Was it God's will? No. So don't, don't confuse answered prayers with God's will. Faith can get what God does not will. You can be good in the exercise of faith and take things that grace is not giving. The faith we're talking about is the faith that takes what grace gives. And that is why for us, walking in love, you see, that the first part of receiving the love of the Father, receiving the comfort, walking in who you are in Christ, the righteousness, walking in the freedom from sin. The third part of yielding to the pressing of the Spirit, a lot of that is walking in love. I learned very early as a young Christian that, that there, there's two times I apologize. When I am right and when I'm wrong. Because I'm not apologizing because of the person. I'm apologizing because of my relationship with My, my brother, my brother, I hear what you're saying. But, but you, you know the truth. He already has given us grace. The issue is... Are we taking it? L let me camp there for a little bit because it's an issue. You know, that is why if we don't understand faith from the context of relationship with the Godhead, you will get your eyes on people and because you are so mindful of what they're thinking and in your response to them, you will violate your relationship with God. You know, classical, free marriage counsel. You know, you are married. You perceived that your wife was rude to you over the decision of the children's school because you wanted this and she wanted that. And now you have yielded to that. Send the children to body house, but you didn't want to. And so you are angry because you, are, you felt she was rude to you and she imposed your will. How will? Perceived. Because many times for us as men, perception is not really reality. Sin taints how we see it. Then we, in selfishness, are convinced she's doing it. Whereas, it's really your own problem. Oh, I will. It is really my own problem. I'll back up here a little bit. 
You see, that is why it's all about relationship with him. Knowing who you are in him, learning to receive his love, and yielding to the person of the Holy Spirit. Because the more you become secure, allowing his love displace your guilt, shame, insecurity, fear, the freer you become, not only to relate to him, but to relate to others. I feel your sigh. <laughs> so you're in that situation, and God says, go and apologize to her. Then he's like, God, you know, seriously, seriously, I actually don't have, in that sense, a problem with apologizing to her. But if I apologize to her, she will think she's right. Then she will want to do it again. Yet, the one that told you to apologize is the one that not only provides you with all the power to be patient. Colossians says that you may be strengthened with all patience unto all long-suffering and staying joyful in the process. So the issue is, do you want to receive power for that? Or will you rather say, God, keep your power. Let me show her. <laughs> so, but this is the problem. Your ability in love to learn to receive power, to walk in patience and long-suffering, has every joyfulness, staying joyful in the process, has everything to do with the day you will need to believe God to stand against that sickness in your body. Because it is all about a flow of his power. He says in Mark and chapter 12, he says you err because you neither know the scriptures nor the power of God flows in the direction of the knowledge of scripture. If you're not yielding to knowledge, you're not yielding to power. You may learn the mechanics of being able to get it outside the flow of the current of God's knowledge and the flow of power, but you are putting more effort than you should. But more importantly, God will judge your, you for doing it out of love. So you... <laughs> have you had to apologize and it just felt like carrying this thing? Your tongue just felt heavy. <laughs> you know, you have decided, okay, God, I will do it. Then you get into the house, you have practiced it driving. God, it's for you or it's for you. <laughs> you, you are ready to do it then he said, how come you have not called me since the morning? I thought you would have called me by now. Everything inside you. 
He said, God, even if that last one was me perceiving, is this me still perceiving? <laughs> but remember, your ability to yield to the power of God and go, sweetheart, I'm sorry about what I said. I'm sorry about the way I said it. I was wrong. It takes power to say that. Remember what he said in Ephesians and the first chapter. That God will give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That you will know what is the riches of his glorious inheritance in you as a saint. Three, that you will know the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work. I love the way the KJV puts it. To us what? That means sometimes that power works literally to you. Sometimes the power works around you. Sometimes the power works through you. Sometimes the power works in you. Sometimes the power works on situations for you. He, he's saying that you may know how the power works. How to yield to that power. Which power? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You can forgive. You can yield to the power and apologize. You can. It's a function of your knowledge of God and your yieldedness. Why? Because if you drop this in water, it will become wet. If you really experience God, you will be full of love. Not because you first loved him, but because he, he loved you. Notice what we established here. The faith we're talking about is the faith that receives that which is made available by grace. We're not talking about manipulating people. We're not talking about walking outside love to take things that don't belong to us. We're talking about learning to live for the audience of one and appropriating our relationship with the Father, who we are in the Son, and a yieldedness to the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit in us. Invariably, that knowledge of who we are in the Son is what we resist the attacks and the toils and the wiles of the enemy against us is also what enables us to stand in the knowledge of our core. We appropriate by faith everything that is received by grace. And grace, and grace is his aggressive inclination to make everything that Jesus died for available. <laughs> His spirit is alive. His spirit is quickened. He's taking what belongs to him. He's not finding out what everybody else is doing. He's focused on him to take. Jesus says in Matthew, John 5, he says, how will you have faith when you seek the honor 
that comes from man and not God alone. There's something about weakness in your faith. If you spend all your time looking for affirmation from people, the more you spend time in the secret place of his pavilion, the more you spend time receiving from him, the less it takes of an effort to obey him and receive that which is provided. The more time you spend with what people think, their views, their thoughts about you, the more difficult it is to walk in that and appropriate that which is already provided. True faith is rooted in a wholesome relationship with God. You cannot leave this place with mechanics. We forbid you to leave this place with mechanics. Amen. We forbid you. Amen. We don't need you going to parrot what Brother Hagin said. There's a place for catching the spirit of faith. There's a place for referencing what Brother Hagin said. But we need you to have a wholesome relationship with the Heavenly Father. A, a wholesome understanding of who you are in Christ. A yieldedness to the Holy Spirit that is paramount for you to fulfill the call of God on your life. I'll, I'll end with this thought and I'll go into the importance of faith. Brother Tuck said something to me that I've never heard before. Can someone tell me the vision of Rema? The mission of Rema. That's our mission. That's the vision. Okay, let me read the mission. Oh, that's the vision. That makes sense. Vision is what we see. Vision is what we see. We see leaders trying to go forth with a pioneering spirit. A new breed of believers that demonstrate extravagant love, a spirit of faith, and the power of God while pursuing the lost in the least reached regions of Nigeria, Africa, and beyond. Brother Hagin said, Brother, <laughs> Brother Tog said this to me. <laughs> Brother Tog Hagin said this to me. <laughs> You see, the pioneering spirit is the spirit of faith. The pioneering spirit is the spirit of faith. The boldness to step into new territories, to do things that have not been done before by anyone, to take up assignments and be obedient to God, to hear a call and to respond to it, to go to unreached people groups in distant places of Nigeria. To yield to the burden of the lost. To go to the great harvest that is waiting for harvest. To reach the people that are beckoning for the good news to be preached to them. Is the spirit of faith. We forbid you to leave this school. And not be bold enough to obey God. Faith is required not only in the things that are revealed in the word, but things that his spirit will put in your heart. Why? 
Because you are God's workmanship, recreated into Christ Jesus unto good works, which he prepared before the foundations of the world that you should walk in. You are programmed for great things. Not to make you great, but to make God great. His name in the earth through you. It's not about you. The yearning, the cry in your soul for more is not about you. It's about what he created you for. Let him find pleasure in your life through your obedience to him. Listen to me. The one that is talking to you is a stickler for submitting to authority. I believe in constituted authority. I've served in four different churches over 20 years. Every one of the pastors that I served under, I have a good relationship with, till as I speak. But no, sir. Nobody is that important for me to disobey God. Nobody. I fear not a human being that much. Because one day I will stand before God to give account for, that, for the call of God. You know, this is the beautiful thing about some of us, really, some of you. You can't pretend you didn't hear. You, you can't, you can't, you, God, are you telling me, God, you know he's telling you. You know he's telling you. You will need wisdom and understanding to walk in what he's telling you to do so that you don't violate authority lines. But obedience to God is non-negotiable. You came to this place to make contact with the spirit of faith so that you obey God to fulfill God's purpose for your life. It's non-negotiable. We're not going to send you out from this place with notes. You will have notes. But the spirit of faith, the pioneering spirit to go and start that church in Adamawa, to go and start that um, business in Meiduguri, you will do it. In fact, it's actually not a prayer. You will do it. Why? Because you will not be disobedient to the heavenly call. You will not. You will not. The love of God compels you to go. God forbid I do not preach the gospel. No. Let's shift gears for the last maybe 10-15 minutes. The importance of faith. The importance of faith is when we're going to go fast and furious. It's plenty notes now. So we've seen, like I told you, Brother Hagin said, faith is the most important subject in the Bible. Why? Because that's how you appropriate all that grace gave. We are saved through faith. Ephesians 2.8, Romans 10.9. You're saved through faith. That is how important faith is. You will not come into salvation, but through faith. You're saved through faith. Two, you live the Christian life by faith. Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17. 
all scriptures you're familiar with. Hebrews 10.38. You live the Christian life by faith. Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17. Hebrews 10.38. The just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17. It takes faith to please God. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. What does that mean? In the context of that scripture, he is who he said he is. To Abraham, he is the one that will take him out of his father's house and make him a blessing. To Noah, he's the one that will enable him to build the ark. He is. They didn't have scripture. They didn't have Bible. They believed the revelation that God gave them of him. So if God says to you to move to Yobe, faith is acting like that impression you have is true. And the one that put that impression is a rewarder. So that's the context of that phrase. For we resist the devil by faith. That's part, it's still part of appropriating. No. I give anger no place in my life. I give anger no place. I, I, I will not yield to anger to sin. You're appropriating it. You're putting anger in its proper place outside the sphere of your relationship. We see that in James 4, 7. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Resist the devil by faith. We receive answers to prayer by faith. We receive answers to prayer by faith. Matthew 21, 22. Mark eleven twenty four, 24. James 1, 5 to 8. We receive answers to prayers by faith. Matthew 21, 22. Mark 11, 24. Mark 11, 22 says, have faith in God or have faith as God has faith or have the God kind of faith. Then 23 tells you the principle of faith, how faith operates. Whosoever shall say, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever. So based on that principle, what things soever you desire, when you pray, based on that principle of faith, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It's interesting because after that, he talks about forgiveness. Faith works by love. Six, we appropriate the blessings of God by faith. We already referenced that. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Romans 4, 16. I already referenced that. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Seven, 
Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. We're talking about the importance of faith. It's not only just that we're saved by faith, we live by faith, it takes faith to please God, we resist the devil by faith, we receive answers to prayer by faith, we appropriate the blessings of God by faith. We're saying number seven, anything whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If it's not flowing out of a vital relationship of you receiving and giving the Father, you being and standing in who you are in the Son, you yielding to the person of the Spirit, if it's not of faith, it's sin. Think of it in the context of relationship with the Godhead. Number eight, faith is, the one, is one of the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. Not laying against the foundations of repentance from dead works, faith towards God. Foundational doctrine. Hebrews 6 verse 1 and 2. Faith is one of the fundamental principles, foundational doctrine of Christ. We're talking about the importance of faith. And we're saying number eight, it is one of the fundamental, foundational doctrines of Christ. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. Number nine, for God's word to work effectively in your life, it must be mixed with faith. Hebrews 4 and 2. It did not profit them not being mixed with faith. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 For they received God's word as it is in truth. The words of the living God. It was mixed by faith. Faith, and that's where you, we always have to be careful. Don't make your faith directed to things. It is always about him, the Godhead. Even when you are receiving that which they've provided. Number nine. Faith is one of the fundamental doctrines. Sorry. That's eight. For God's word to walk in your li- effectively in your life, it must be mixed with faith. Hebrews 4 and verse 2 and 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. Number 10, it is by faith that we stand. 2 Corinthians 1.24, Romans 11.20, it is by faith that we stand. 2 Corinthians 1.24, Hebrews, sorry, Romans 11.20. Number 11, we are kept By the power of God through faith. We are kept by the power of God through faith. That's 1 Peter 1.5 and Ephesians Ephesians chapter 1 Verse 20. Sorry, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us when we believe? Who believe? 
that power works when we believe. We are kept by the power of God through faith. 1 Peter 1.5 and Ephesians 1.19. They're talking about the importance of faith. Number 12. The only fight God told us to fight is the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 2.12. 1 Timothy 2.12 is the only fight we're called to. You're not called to fight the government. You're not called to fight your wife. You're not called to fight your brother over the inheritance. You're called to fight the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6.12, Hebrews 9.26. Verse 13, I said verse 13, number 13. Hebrews 9, 26. 13. The family of God is called the household of faith. Galatians 6, 10. Our family, the family of God. Is called the household of faith. Galatians 6.10. Number 14. Faith is part of our spiritual armor. And above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of your adversary. Number 14, faith is a part of our spiritual armor. Ephesians 6, 16 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. Ephesians 6, 16 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. Number 15, our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. And remember... Think of faith in the context of relationship and how you appropriate what grace has given. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world and the influence of this world. The influence of this world and all that is in this world. 1 John 2, 15 to 17 the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. How do you overcome it? By faith. Notice the context in which that is set. First John 2, he talks about, you have known the Father that is from the beginning. Young men, you have been strong. Little children. He's talking about relationship. Then he says, love not the world. How do you overcome the influence of the world? By faith. That means you catch yourself sometimes. Your body, your flesh is wanting something it shouldn't want. You are yielding to the world. How do you overcome that? By faith. Charles, stop that. Stop it. 
If you don't talk to yourself, someone will talk to you. If you don't talk to that mind, come on, stop that. You can't think that. But move your eyes. No, that's not true. That's not true. You know, the devil is he's insidious. You go through those struggles in marriage. And <laughs> the devil go, she she doesn't respect you. She doesn't respect you. If she respected you, how can and, and you know sometimes you may even agree, okay, she doesn't respect you. Then he goes, I I, I almost regret the day I married her. No, no, no. You have passed the line here. No, no, that's not true. I don't regret the day I married her. No. The devil will speak in first person and make it sound like you are the one thinking it. He will make it sound like you are thinking, how can she disrespect me like that? How can she disrespect me? How can she disrespect me? Maybe I shouldn't have married her. I knew I made a mistake. No. No. Once you start passing that, I, no, that one is not me. No. That, that, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's when you answer the thoughts. That's when you say to the thoughts. You say to the feelings. You take authority over it. You take authority over the feelings. You forgive them last year after the situation. Then you saw them in, at this party. And everything started again. Your body started foaming. <laughs> then someone says, you, you know, you really did not forgive them. No, I did. I did. My flesh is just yielding. I, I refuse it. I forgave them. I forgave them. I exercised my faith and let them go. I, I will not hold it against them. Realize what God says in Isaiah 43, verse, I think, 22. When he says, I, for my own sake, will remember your sin no more. It's not that he's forgetful. He's using his omnipotence to ensure that he will not deal with you based on your actions. Forgiving is not forgetting. Forgiving many times is remembering and in spite of what you remember, choosing to do the right thing towards the person. How? Because there's power at work. Because there's omnibenevolence. There's goodness in you that's flowing from him. You didn't forget it. You are just choosing not to act towards them based on what they did. But based on the goodness that you received. That sounds like Ephesians and chapter 4. Verse 32. Forgiving one another even as God in Christ has forgiven. You think God remember all these sins? He knows. He doesn't forget. He doesn't have amnesia. He's God. So that's number 15. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. 1 John 4, 4. 1 John, 4, 1 John 2, 15 and 17. Paul told Timothy to follow after his faith. And because of following his faith, to be an example to believers. Notice what he's talking about. Not just the mechanics of faith. That relationship and appropriating. Paul told Timothy to, to follow his faith. Follow after his faith. And be an example of faith. 
1 Timothy 4.12, 1 Timothy 6.11, 2 Timothy 2.22. That's 4 Timothy 4.12, 1 Timothy 6.11, 2 Timothy 2.22. I'll do it again. That's number 16, sir. Number 15 is, our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. 16 is, Paul told Timothy to follow after faith. In him. And as he follows after, he should be an example of it. Example of faith to believers. 1 Timothy 4.12 1 Timothy 6.11 1 Timothy 4.12 1 Timothy 6.11 2 Timothy 2.22 Verse 7. <laughs> Number 17. We function in God's gifts and endowments by faith. We walk in, we operate in his gifts. Remember that sharing grace, serving grace. We function and operate in God's gifts and his endowments by faith. To minister according to the proportion of faith, Romans 12, 6 to 8 says. We function and operate in God's gifts and endowments by faith. Number 18, the importance of faith. All things are possible to him that believes. Reasons why faith is important. All things are possible to him that believes. Matthew 19, 26. Mark 10, 27. Mark 9, 23. I'll go through that again. Matthew 19, 26. Matthew 19, 26. Mark 10, 27. And Mark 9.23. All things are possible to him that believes. Number 19. We're missing something. 18. 19. Christianity, the New Testament, is called faith. Christianity, the New Testament, is called faith. Galatians 3. 24 to 25. Hebrews 12. Verse 2. Is the, is the apostle of faith, Jesus. Romans 10, 8, Christianity, the New Testament is called faith. Galatians 3, 24 to 25, Hebrews 12, 2, and Romans 10, verse 8. And this you already heard me say. The Lord Jesus told Kenneth E. Hagin, go teach my people faith. That's number 20. The Lord Jesus told Kenneth E. Hagin, go teach my people faith. Luke 18.10. Luke 18.10. 2 Timothy 1.11. 2 Timothy 1.11. And 1 Timothy 2.7. The Lord Jesus told Kenneth E. Hagin, go teach my people faith. Scriptures? Luke 18, 8. Then I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Luke 18, 8. 2 Timothy 1, 11. 1 Timothy 2, 7. So we gave you 20 reasons. That's a lot to chew on. 20 reasons for the importance of faith. Why are we underscoring this? Because everything that is given and provided by grace 
must be appropriated by faith. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.